Hi, this is Johannes from Kaltalina and you're watching Interview on the Fire. All right, welcome back everyone. This is your host Sonny here along with Johannes Person. This is another brand new edition of Interview Under Fire. I'd like to give a warm welcome back to Johannes. You know, it was quite the honor to speak with you last year. Uh, again, thank you so much for joining our podcast today on IUF. This is an important yet exciting time, you know, a way to kick off 2021 for you and the rest of the guys over at Cult of Luna with the release of your latest studio album serving as an EP titled The Raging River, which arrives February 5th on Metal Blade and Season of Mist, which is distributed through your very own label titled Red Creek, which we'll talk about later. First off, I want to say, Johannes, you know, congratulations on all the well-deserved recognition it's been getting so far, especially with the single that dropped Three Bridges. There's just so much to unravel about all this. But before we get to all that, like I said earlier before the interview, a lot has happened since we last spoke at your North American tour last year during your stop here in Dallas. And it was a blast getting the chance to talk to you. An amazing show you guys put on display, as always. Shout out to Emma Ruth Rundle and Intronaut for just a great tour. The question I want to ask you is, how are you? I know it's it's a very simple question, but I think it's an important one to ask, considering where we are all at at our time at this point. I've never been better. That's yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, look, look, I mean, um, uh, I, I can joke about this being. Uh, I have no complaints. I I I I, I uh, had. I've been able to work from home. I spent more time with the kids and all that. So for me, it's just been a positive experience. But with that said, I mean, the price we have to pay for it is—it's not even—it's not even debatable if it's worth. I mean, uh, if it's worth or not. It's just—it's uh, a horrible situation. Um, but for me, from a strictly personal perspective, I've, I've been enjoying every second of it. You know, speaking of uh, enjoying every second of, you know, live performing live is something that you always enjoy. And being away from the stage a lot as of late, Johannes, you know, how are you keeping up your guitar chops and vocals these days? Is that affecting your musicianship? Has anything changed for your routine wise lately, if at all? No, uh, I mean, I play every day, whether I play on tour or not. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't affect that part um uh it given me more time to do other stuff and 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 to write and play and um all that um whether or not it's changed my vocals we'll see i guess <laughs> um but I, I i i guess not um i mean i enjoy being on tour Definitely, I, I love playing live, but the kind of involuntarily hiatus that we have now, uh, maybe it, it's, it's not that bad. I mean, we had to cancel all the summer festivals, which, I mean, for once I got a free summer, uh, hang out with the kids, just doing other stuff. Um, but it's going to be boring in the long run. Like, I, to be honest, I don't think any festival is going to happen this summer either. Um, so 
if nothing's going to happen this year, ask me then. I might not feel <laughs> as as I do now. You know, has this pandemic, now that we're almost a year removed from the live concert experience, and we're coming up on a year since I last spoke to you, like in February, yeah. has this pandemic opened up maybe new things for you personally and artistically that you may have not seen before within yourself? Because I know you guys did start up Red Creek Recordings, which, you know, this record is serves as the, as the debut release. And for my listeners who don't know, Red Creek Recordings is Cult of Luna's newly created record label. And you guys have said that it's been created as a safe home for our art, but we wanted to do more and offer our experience, expertise, and network to the artists we love and believe in. Tie that with the pan pandemic, you know, like when did the thinking process for Red Creek start up? Is it during the pandemic? Like, okay, guys, let's start this up right now since we are not touring. You know, how did all that come about? I mean, uh, we, we've had... Uh the ambition to create something, uh, some kind of our own platform for years. We did do a half-ass try um, on a few occasions before. I think we, we released uh, like two seven inches and a, a book ourselves. So like the ambition has been there all the time. But I think what lacked was two things, well, the knowledge and the time. So, uh, and also the, the, yeah, I mean, the amount of man hours that you have to put into this kind of project. And uh, it's actually, uh, I must give credit to our manager, Alexis Sevenier, um, mm -hmm. that he has pushed, I mean, it's basically me and him that have done the heavy lifting. Um, which has, I mean, included everything from going to meetings with banks to learning that you need to have a certain code to be able to, you know, things that I had no idea of. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, so 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 definitely this this uh, extra amount of time that we got opened up for us to actually start working on it uh and to be quite honest i i think i mean this this ep would not exist if it wasn't for the extra time we that we got i mean we were we had everything planned up until 2021 uh even though we hadn't uh officially announced it yet we still had a, a tour booked in in the fall and all the festival in the summer and if we would have had that, we would not have the extra time to go back and finish the songs that ended up on the EP. You know, speaking of touring, you know, I want to talk about something that's, I mean, I think that's impacted you guys. It has impacted you guys. You know, you've been at this for over two decades, Johannes, whether it's with Cult of Luna or your band Coma or Rewind, hopefully I'm saying that correctly. You know, you've been, you know, since 1998, maybe even longer than that, you know, how was the touring life for you? Personally, because, you know, you've done some extensive touring throughout your career, Johannes. You played at Hellfest, you know, Damnation Festival, Roadburn, Brutal Assault. I mean, the list goes on. And now we're all kind of just taking like an unexpected step back. And does it make you have a growing appreciation of the touring life? Because, 
you know, we could talk about culture, the fans, even the food. There's just so many things to pick apart about what makes touring amazing. What was your biggest takeaway from that? Um, I mean, I really enjoy touring, but I don't enjoy it that much. I, I, uh, I enjoy it to a point when it doesn't feel like a, a job, if you know what I mean. Yes, and I don't mean to interrupt you there, but you did talk about something that stuck with me since I last interviewed you. I do want to talk about that, but it's something about having a passion, but I think you wanted to finish your thought there. Go and do that, because I do want to talk about that. No, it's exactly about that. Uh, yeah, but just when it feels like a road trip with your friends, Mm -hmm. And the, and when you're able to um, to do what you love every night, and when, when, when like just before I met you, we went to the JFK Museum. I mean, it's just like we are able to see the world, see different places, uh, visit. I mean, one another thing that we did during the the, the U.S. tour, uh, which might sound. Uh, very boring to some people, but as probably one of the best touring experience of my life is that uh, every second day we went in, we went to whatever city we were at the time to find a local gym to work out. Sounds very boring. I understand. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, just and in in some sense, it's not exciting. I mean, every gym is basically the same, but you meet different people. And you interact, and it's more like uh, you see the normal day life of a person living in a very different country than yours. Mm -hmm. So we played in Mexico City, for example. I went to a gym in Mexico City, and people having their daily routine in the gym. And I was just there like, well, doing my workout. But also as an observer, like I'm, I'm just a tourist in your everyday, a, a normal tourist go to, yeah, I mean, we did go to, finally, yeah. I saw the gold, Golden Gate, for example. I mean, I've been yeah. to Cisco Touristy Coast. things, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I enjoy those things too. But just see normal people's normal lives in a, um, in a country that's not my own. That's, I mean, that's the kind of, I think, the reward that I'm going to think back on when I'm lying on my de deathbed, that I was able to do those things. I mean, we did that during the last year. I mean, I've, I've toured through Europe, I don't even know how many times. Mm -hmm. uh, but last time, yeah, we went to gyms in, um, in Italy, in like France, in UK, Germany, it, 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 it's starting to become, um, uh, make, it makes the tour life more interesting because like, like you said, when I started touring Europe in 99, I played squats. I, I, you know, we played literally played occupied farms in Spain. We played on oh, wow. a hippie, you know, sh 
garage shows um, in in Austria. We slept in, you know, just on 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 a on a field with like no sleeping bag bag. You know, we just did all these crazy stuff, uh, and and I'm, I'm glad that we all survived <laughs> to because you. Um, you come home with a whole lot of more stories than when you do a nightliner tour. That's for sure. I mean, I, I love the nightliner life. I, I I never sleep as good as as when I'm sleeping in a in a in a bus, um, and it's very comfortable. But the problem is you don't come home with um, with as as many stories as when you're touring in a van with nine people and for five weeks and you probably don't know where you're going to spend the night. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, w w when you become a parent, um, being away uh, becomes more difficult, of course, because uh, I, I, I'm never homesick. I've never been that kind of a person, but when you're away from the kids, it, it, it's another dimension to the, to the to the negative aspect of it. No, I mean, you did talk about, you know, the, the I mean, when you talk about visiting the gyms, that's like seeing a different culture all in itself. Now, uh, I'm going to switch gears here, and I, I know we covered a, a lot of topics already, but I promise I'll talk about the new EP. The Raging River comes out February 5th on Red Creek, Metal Blade, Season of Mist. You know, when I heard this, it was just every time I hear Cult of Luna, man, you know, a blended fusion of atmospheric sludge, doom, progressive, post-hardcore, post-rock. It, it just takes me back to bands like the Ocean Collective and Isis and Neurosis from Three Bridges to What I Leave Behind to Inside Over Dream to I Remember Wave After Wave. The five tracks you have have on there. This felt like an encore to the 2019 full length masterpiece of Dawn to Fear. You guys have said that the Raging River feels more like a bridge, a midpoint that needs to be crossed over so we can finish what we started with 2019's A Dawn to Fear. So when did the writing for the Raging River start for you guys? Uh, it never started because we never stopped. Um, the, the thing is, most of the songs uh, on this EP they were already written when we went into the studio to record Adon de Fair. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. When we started writing that album, we found ourselves in some kind of a creative explosion. It was just, you know, we just wrote, we wrote a lot of music. I know how many minutes we, we recorded. I'm not going to tell you that was way more than the 76 minutes that I don't affair or 78 uh, I don't remember uh, but however sometimes when you enter the studio and you record stuff you know that these songs have potential they going to be they're going to become good but we're not there yet there's no reason why to overwork these songs just now you will we just put it in the backpacks and we'll continue on with the rest of the songs that we know already work. So, um, and then after um, after we, you know, we released that album, we continued, you know, write. Uh, um, and this pandemic thing and the extra time we got, it gave us some 
some time to go back and finish the uh, finish what we started. Um, uh, we had to rewrite them a bit because there were some obvious reasons why we felt like it didn't work the last time. Um, and when we kind of, I mean, it, 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 in some instances, it's very small details, but you know, they, it, they make all the difference. Uh, but on all songs, we have made significant changes uh, from, from the version that's, that we had at uh, at that point, and I'm glad. I'm really glad that we kind of pushed the pause bu button on, on on all these songs, because at the end they turn out m so much better um, in their current form. You know, let's talk about uh, someone called Mark Lanigan for a second, who you had perform on the song "Inside of a Dream." And for my listeners who don't know, Mark Lanigan's an American singer, songwriter, musician. Many have compared him to the likes of Leonard Cohen and Tom Waits. There's a song that you guys wrote in 2005 called And With Her Came the Birds off of the album Somewhere Along the Highway. And you guys had this voice in mind, and the working title was The Lanigan Song. And it took you guys 15 years to have the guts to ask him. And when I heard this song, you know, hearing his voice on Inside of a Dream, my heart sunk. And I didn't want to hear anything after that song. I don't know if you ever have that when you hear a song that's so powerful, yeah, like, yeah. Uh, like Inside of a Dream. What was that experience like bringing an outside professional artist in their respective field like Mark into your world of making music? Did it make the process easier knowing that he was there working on a song with you? I mean, the story behind how he ended up doing vocals on it, it's, I mean, as you said, what you said was totally true. I mean, we, we had this idea 15 years ago. Uh, but at that point, that was, I mean, we were a bunch of 20-year-old something-ish uh, guys from a small, small corner of the, like, northern part of Sweden. And having him on a song was not even, I mean, it was not even realistically debate. It, 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 it was more like a, a dream <laughs> just to, to connect to the song title. Um, and now, I don't know. I mean, we're older. We have the, the confidence has grown a bit and um, we, I mean, this song was, I mean, like, like I said, the song was written uh, and recorded during the Don't Fear uh, session. And we started to discuss, you know, like you, you know, talk about all the songs, how we're going to arrange the, the vocals on that. And it's, it just popped up in my head, like I said, half joke, like a half joke, half serious. Like, oh, yeah, maybe this is the song that Mark's going to do. <laughs> and yeah, now the boring part comes when I texted our manager. Hi, do you know anyone that represents Mark? Yeah, I know that he's managed really well. Okay. Would you mind asking him? Okay. There you go. Yeah, and uh, and we can skip the boring part about managers talking to each other. Uh, but finally, we started talking, me and Mark, and uh, um, he sent me an email. And at the time, I had a lot of things to do, and I really want to like 
I really wanted to write a good email back to him. Thank, thank you so much that you want to do this. I really appreciate it. Um, do you want to write the lyrics or should I? Do, I mean, things like that, all the practical stuff. And I have some ideas of how you can do the vocals. I mean, you are totally free, but this is how we intended it. But do whatever you want. Um, a pretty long email to him. And I got a very quick response. Like, yep. I I already um, recorded the I, I recorded the vocals the same day I got the song. Uh, unfortunately, I ca cannot do the re uh, doing the retakes because I've torn down the studio and moved from the house. <laughs> uh, I hope you like it. If not, I enjoy doing it. A uh, friend's gonna send it later tonight. Okay. Uh, and then I got the song. And I mean, look, he cannot do he can do n nothing wrong. And I must continue um, what you just said about, I definitely think, I mean, his voice and his life's work should definitely be compared to both uh, Tom Waits and, and Leonard Cohen. Uh, I mean, he, you can talk about different vocalists have special voices and all that, you know, um, but his, his is really special. It's one of a kind. It, 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 and and he, he, uh, he not only has a, a, a voice, like, like a physical voice, he has a, a, a voice that can... Um, transcend. Exactly. Transcend and, and, and communicate. Like, like uh, in a way that not many people in the world ever have been, you know, fortunate enough to have. Uh, so, so it's still a bit surreal and unreal uh, to hear it and uh, talking about lying on your deathbed. But that's <laughs> something that still is. It's going to be. Uh, it's going to be something that I'll, I'll, I'll value very, very dearly um, when I, yeah, when I kind of look back on our, yeah, our back catalog or, you know, speaking of looking back, I'm going to end things on a pretty high note here. Do you see records like A Dawn to Fear and The Raging River? Do you see these as snapshots of where you are at certain times in your life? Uh, uh, y y uh, yes, and maybe more so than than the other albums that we have uh, that we that we have have written through the years, because most of the most of, well actually all the albums apart from the first one, uh, which basically was just all the songs we we had at the time, mm -hmm. uh, but but we have based everything around different narratives and stories. Uh, so they are uh, they're not as personal as these two records are um i mean everything you do is personal uh, and they all come from something of course um but these are more like a snapshot of i, I mean when it comes to the lyrics for example those are very much like a mirror um, 
of my subconscious of where I were at the time and where I am now. And hopefully whatever we do now, it's going to be where I'll be whenever I do it. <laughs> whenever I write it. <laughs> well, Johannes, this has been uh, such an honor. Do you have any like last words, any shout outs, anything you want to plug in about Cult of Lunar for the fans who are listening for just anything going forward? No, wash your hands. <laughs> Keep distance. That's you heard it from Johannes first. There you go. I mean, if yeah. that hasn't if that hasn't been like the constant, you know, theme throughout 2020, you know, make sure you guys stay clean. You know, I mean, we, yeah. we have artists who are saying that. That's that's got to be an impact in some way. And you know, everyone who's listening, this is Johannes from Cult of Luna. Raging River comes out February 5th, 2021. I'm saying 2021 like it's not 2021 already. I'm we're not even used there. to. We're seriously <laughs> living living in the future right now. Yeah, there you go. It comes out on Red Creek. Uh, make sure you support the record label, you know, Red Creek. You know, the bands can't do it without your help. If you can purchase the record, that would be awesome. You know, and also it's on Metal Blade and Season of Mist. Johannes, this has been an honor. Thank you again for speaking with me. You know, hopefully we can do this again in yes. person whenever the time comes to do another tour here in North America. Uh, you stay safe out there, man. Uh, I'll let you get back to your daily life and we'll chat again soon, buddy. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. And also, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can find us at Interview Under Fire at Facebook or at Instagram. Or you can write us directly at schwag at interviewunderfire.com. That's S-C-H-W-A-G at interviewunderfire.com. Or Rezablade, that's R-E-Z-A-B-L-A-D-E at interviewunderfire.com.